The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Good morning, Matt Waldman. You're in a suit. You look like Dapper. If people aren't watching on the video, I would both feel and fuck him in that suit. <laughs> nice job, uh, young man. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I realize I'm I'm taking a little bit of vacation next week and needed to bring something nice for a, for a reasonable um, night out. And I realized that I really didn't have anything being at home all the time here. You know, because I don't usually try to be NFL commentator, um, so I decided that maybe I needed to dress like one to um, for the, for the <clears> vacation. And I, and I realized, oh, we got a show, so you know, so I feel totally underdressed. Fortunately, that is my default position uh, most anywhere I go. So I'm, I got I shorts I'm and hiking that. boots on, on on the bottom half here. I know so. that. Okay. All right. So let's dive into some things. There's been some new developments, some that we can plumb the depths of here. We'll start with the Dalvin Cook uh, feeling as ideal landing spots for Dalvin Cook. Let's start with Miami. I, I'm totally feeling that as an ideal landing spot based on that he's an outside zone runner or in a very experienced one with a lot of speed and he could take over for the Raheem Mostert role right now. And you could probably send Mostert packing if that's what you want to do. Um, and and really, you could probably send the the tandem of Mostert and Wilson packing if you really needed to. Yeah. But I think it's crowded enough in that Miami, um, you know, backfield that they're probably not going to do it. So I feel it as an ideal spot on paper, but in reality, with the personnel they have, I don't think they're doing it. Yeah, Barry Jackson from the uh, Miami Herald has you know been reporting on this a little bit, and that was his estimation was like might not happen right away and by the way none of this might happen right away because Dalvin Cook wants oh. to get paid still apparently many of these running backs are not totally on board with the devaluation of running backs we'll get into all of that a little bit Denver sounds like they're out a little bit matter at least not moving in seems like this maybe is giving us some information on Javante Williams if they're truly not in so we'll watch for that but some of these other ones there maybe some outliers that we're hearing about that might be of some interest uh what about the Dallas Cowboys there's talking to Ezekiel Elliott could be back in the Ezekiel Elliott role. Could Dalvin Cook fill that role? Yeah, I think he could. And he could allow you to have a little bit more of an even split with Cook and Pollard. Um, I think that Cook is still a little bit more nuanced of a runner than Pollard is. But I think it's more likely that you'll see Zeke back at a, at a lower cost. All right, fair enough. And I agree with that. Los Angeles, so, I mean... I've got a big investment in Cam Akers, and I'm hoping this isn't the case, but obviously they don't have a ton of depth there. They've got the rookie coming in that we've talked about here, but it's Evans, right? Zach Evans? Yep. Um, and uh, and the Chargers, where Austin Eckler, they've been swinging and missing on complimentary pieces. They've been hunting for the next Melvin Gordon, feeling uh, Dalvin Cook as a possible Melvin Gordon, or maybe a new starter for the Rams. I don't think we're going to see him as a new starter for the Rams. I think the Rams are invested in cam acres for this season and i also believe that they, they like zach evans enough that this is going to be the backfield that we see right now in otas um unless there's a major injury if cam makers gets hurt and dalvin cook's still out there you bet they would sign him in a hot second um but i don't think that's going to be the case 
on paper what they're doing right now with the Chargers. Um, they liked what they saw from Joshua Kelly down the stretch. You know, see, you know, Spiller is still someone that they. The hell happened Isaiah to that Spiller. guy, Matt Waldman? What he's the hell a, happened? He's a rookie. Give him a give him a year. That's basically how I like to to say about these things. I think, I have, I, think I have him, Kelly, and Larry Roundtree the third on at least one dynasty roster. So yeah, I'm well, hoping somebody comes through. Various levels of deals, right there, right? So yeah, I would say, you know, with Kelly. It, it's probably not going to happen, but um, with Spiller, I think that they're going to give him, this is the year that he's got to prove that he can show some progress. Um, and Roundtree's a special teams guy at best. So there's, I, I would say in spring, there's a better chance Cook winds up a charger, but in August, it would be the Rams that would have the better chance. Right, and I keep reminding myself that, you know, that Spiller was widely viewed as the as number three running back in last year's class, right? So uh, maybe there, maybe there's something to all this talk. He was a rookie last year. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, it seems like the Chargers keep missing on that, and they need somebody. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been mentioned. Uh, would he feeling Rashad White if Dalvin Cook shows up there? Well, I, I look at it this way. I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to want to come anywhere near Tampa Bay um, for two reasons. One is the, the offensive line has been poor. Um, number two, they don't really have a quarterback. We'll talk about that more later. And okay, then third point is is that they're really more of a a duo running scheme, which is a really tight crease running scheme. And he's you know again really made his bones as a zone player. I think he could run duo if you needed to, but you would get a little bit more out of him in a in a zone scheme. And I don't think Tampa Bay has the horses for that. Um, so I'm not feeling that at all. But Rashad White, also, I think the Buccaneers are still probably sold on Rashad White enough to like give him the shot. But then they'll roll with Sean Tucker if, uh, as as a try on a tryout basis, if White just absolutely flops this year. There's been some talk just in the last couple of days. The you know the New York Jets because people are having workouts and there are questions to be asked. The question was asked about Dalvin Cook uh, when it came to the New York Jets. They said they wouldn't rule them out. I have spoken, Matt, with a reporter on the field for some of these workouts, Andy Vasquez from NJ.com. Uh, he says Israel Abanaconda is the player to watch. Are you feeling that? I'm feeling that as a as a possibility, um, but I think that's also Andy Vasquez probably watching. Um, unpadded practices without hitting and without really tight creases to work through and they're going to see the speed and the size of the guy and go ooh you know that's what pops this time of year and so certainly as an athlete he's the guy he's the guy to watch to work up his way up the depth chart and when you really look at that depth chart after michael carter is the number two abanaconda should be the number three yeah, I guess the context of that, by the way, is Brees Hall maybe not being full speed to open the season or they go easy on him. Sounds like he's progressing nicely in that regard. But until we see these guys on the field, same with Javante Williams, uh, we're I, just doing a little guesswork here. Yeah, and I would be feeling, I would be feeling possibly the the Las Vegas Raiders, the um, you, you know, also um, another team that comes to mind for me with Dalvin well, Cook is the Kansas City Chiefs. That's well, another team I, I would even consider. That's one as well. And the Buffalo Bills, would he go crush the value of his little brother, James? And, or at least uh, from my perspective, I'd be, I think it would be great for the Buffalo Bills. Well, let's dive into then the, you mentioned the Raiders because there's an interesting, interesting aspect. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk out there stirring the pot this morning, as he often does. 
suggests that Josh Jacobs, okay, we'll start with this. Josh Jacobs saying he needs to stand up for all the future running backs in the world, uh, discussing his contract negotiations. Uh, he has not signed his contract tender. Uh, first of all, your level of concern. Are you feeling a great deal of concern about this, or, or are you feeling like $10 million is going to look a lot better than $0 when push comes to shove? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. And I, I love the idea because I'm a big believer that the running backs are kind of getting the shaft. And, and certainly, you know, Mike Florio brought up, I guess, linked to Christian McCaffrey's commentary about maybe an alternative way to be able to pay younger players based on their performance in addition to their contracts so that they're made whole based on their act yeah. when their window of value actually <laughs> is. Um, but the robber baron NFL that it is, the capitalistic society, or at least in the form of the strain of capitalism that we have in this country, which is sometimes more exploitative um, than it needs to be, um, we could argue in, uh, on some level. I certainly like uh, I'm capitalism. I'm not arguing to anyone making you know? more than a million dollars a year is being exploited, but we can, we can make that argument later. Yeah, because that's all relative too, though. Right. But, you know, <laughs> so we look at it that way. But uh, I would say this, you know, with Josh Jacobs, I don't think it's going to be a major concern. If it is, then yeah, Cook, you know, they might decide to use Cook as leverage there. So the the, the argument would be that they could rescind the argument, rescind the the franchise tag on Jacobs. Uh, Cook, longtime connection to his longtime running backs coach in Minnesota, Kennedy Palomalu, is now in with the Raiders, and you know, so there's a, a level of understanding of what Cook can bring to the game. They were together five years, so. It'd be interesting. It would be a, a risky move uh, for the Raiders if they let go Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook comes in and has a disappointing season. They're all on the hook yes. for that, and also I uh, think this seems seems like a little yeah. bit more seems a little reachy to me. The whole I, notion of it. I would agree. I think the probably the best fit for Cook actually, and I would hate it as a fantasy GM, especially as one who is a big Nick Chubb fan. But it would be Cleveland because. If they could get him at a discount, he who's who else is more familiar with Kevin Stefanski's scheme right. besides you, oh. you know Cook? So you know, and if Nick Chubb were to get hurt, you know, that I'll say happen. the discount is the sticking point here for yeah. uh, you know for all these guys, and and Cook is no different. That's why this this may stretch out a little longer than 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 fantasy managers would like, and I think the the overwhelming belief, at least at my house is that wherever he lands, he's going to crush the value of somebody I've already invested in because I've been in way too many drafts already. Uh, so let's carry that over. Uh, you know, on the other side of the coin for Minnesota, Alexander Madison, uh, you know, I've seen him ranked as high as a high-end running back too. I'm kind of trying to be mindful of the fact that Minnesota throws the ball like 65% of the time. You can make the argument, Matt, and I think people have, that this is uh, – you know the the Vikings are showing some tanking uh, tendencies here. Like maybe they're lining themselves up to get a really good quarterback in the next draft or something. I don't know if it's a total tank, but it's kind of a it is. They are letting a lot of people go. So with that in mind, uh, Alexander Madison as a solid running back too. With uh, let's say with upside uh, for running back one numbers any given week. I think that's true, and I think he's the uh, he's kind of in that Damian Harris tier where. It, it, you would not complain if you had him as a starter in as an NFL team. And I think that's why they let Cook go is that they, they're probably trying to gear them up for themselves up for the future, but remain competitive knowing that their offense has got to lead the way. Their defense is just not there. 
And so they're going to win basically through offense or nothing. It's offense or bust this year with the Vikings. And so <clears throat> Madison is a guy who can pretty much do everything that you need from him. Um, and if this team is successful on offense and Madison performs as a running back one, it's because he has Jamal Williams-like um, red zone production circa 2022 with the Lions. Like if he's... If he gives you 12 to 15 touchdowns at least, you know, he's a running back one easily, maybe even a closer to the top five. But I think it's more likely he's in that eight to 10 range at most, probably more like six to eight. And you're looking at him as a running back 15, 16, 17, somewhere around there. All right, I will paraphrase myself from one of my recent football diehards live streams and ask you this. Are we feeling Dwayne McBride as the Kane Nangwu of Ty Chandler's? in this backfield. I don't know. Untie the knot of running backs behind uh, Alexander Madison. Who you feel? At best, Ty Chandler. At best. And that's because Dwayne McBride is a very hyped up prospect due to his production at UAB. Um, I, and he had a really great production there. He also fumbled the ball as if he like dipped his hands in a, in basically a bucket of Crisco. Um, you know, so that's that's a concern. Um, his footwork in terms of being able to negotiate and set up creases is also inefficient. That's a bit of a concern too. Not much in the receiving game maybe right now. So that's also a deal. So I look at this and I think, well, Ty Chandler's imp impressed a little bit in the preseason last year. But again, he's more of a pass catcher out of the backfield and an open field runner. Kene Nguangu is a terrific special teams player with great athletic ability, but again, he needs a compass to find the crease. Um, uh, uh, that, at least that's what he was like out of school, unless you used him in a Tevin Coleman-esque type of role. And the the Vikings don't run their, their offense quite that way unless they simplify things. So to me, I think what happens here is that Alexander Madison's the starter. They hope they can get reasonable production from one of these three guys as the backup. But I think once they get a look at them, by fall, they, they're going to realize that all three of these guys are RB3s at best and that they're going to be signing a veteran. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable approach. By the way, not coincidentally, uh, my one of my nicknames from a former life is Buckets of Crisco. We'll talk about that on a future episode of Feel It or Fuck It. Um, Saquon Barkley. Uh, also making noise, has suggested he would be willing to sit out. There was a time when you would say, no one's going to pass up on $10 million for a year. Uh, and then Le'Veon Bell said, really? Uh, so uh, ever since then, we've all had to kind of say, well, maybe it is a possibility. I think it's like totally not a possibility. What, what are you feeling here? Yeah, I lean against it only because um, I guess it just depends on how much the guy really enjoys the game. Because it, it, you can see that there's rumblings among good running backs in this league who are like, totally. I'm not getting paid. I'm not going to be getting what it's True. worth. And they also look at this and think, all right, I'm really good at what I do, but do I really want to punish myself for less money? Or do I want to walk away from the game and have, and be able to walk in you know, 15, 20 years? Be able, to, be able to function? Do I want my career to end up do I want my life to end up the way I see Tony Dorsett or Marion Barber or, you know, a lot of backs who are, you know, basically in dark, were in darkened rooms or dealing with suicidal thoughts and a variety of things that may have come from, you know, injuries in the NFL. 
Barkley may look at it and say, it's okay. I was good enough. I don't need the Hall of Fame isn't that important to me. The money that I have is, and there's other things I'm interested in. So I would say I would put the concern at probably right now at about eight to 10%. Um, but I think that if we start to see him walk that talk a little bit more, it's going to go up dramatically. It is time for the Bob Harris reminder. Uh, I like to do this uh, often when we talk about contract issues. The uh, part we hear is the most contentious part. Uh, the rest of it, the, uh, that's the tip of the iceberg. The rest of it, the, the hard work being done underneath is generally pretty congenial and everyone seems to be on pretty good terms once the agreement comes. So uh, expect lots of noise and, and, and until you start seeing tangible signs. And it, like if it goes, you know, July 17th is your date, right? If he doesn't have a deal July 17th, then we can start getting a little more excited about all this. But until then, let's not, uh, let's not freak out. Let's freak out instead about the Chicago uh, Bears backfield. Khalil Herbert, are you feeling him as the most productive Bears running back this year? Absolutely, because, you know, David Montgomery, let's remember, he was the lead back. He was their early round draft pick. Um, and over those years that he was there, he was their main guy until he got hurt. But Herbert, from what I, I saw last yesterday, I, and I believe, I don't remember exactly what I, what I um, calculated here, but when he got at least 15 touches, per game he averaged I think nearly 21 touches 97 yards and about a half a touchdown you know per game so you're looking at a productive back with deep speed who can catch the ball very much a Dalvin Cook-esque like player in style and not that far away in talent Dante Foreman is a nice player he would have been a lot nicer if he didn't have the Achilles tear. It's great that he's been able to come back from that and become a solid committee back. But that's what he is. And I think Rashawn Johnson was drafted to really take over that Foreman role next year because Foreman's on a one-year deal and maybe become the lead back mm -hmm. if they need. But I think Herbert is the most productive bear this year. I think they're going to lean on him and they're going to like what they see. Herbert currently going off on best ball tens, which where I'm playing a lot, so I'm using that just handy dandy uh, reference. It's all relative. 34, I want to say Deonta Foreman 45, and uh, I want to say Roshan Johnson going off higher than I expect 55. So, uh, you know, if you were really thinking this is going to be a fantastic offense, and Justin Fields wasn't the best running back on this team, I know he's a quarterback and he throws the ball and all that stuff, but it's an issue that you have to deal with with these running backs. You could corner the market on Bears running backs if you thought that was a good idea in best ball. Just like you could do the Miami running backs at this point in best ball. You could have all of them on your roster if you feel like that backfield's going to be productive. It's the, the prices work out for you. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying that's what it is. All right. Uh, so, and, and, and I, I, I think, you know, a lot of talk last summer. I think people forget when David Montgomery was still there. But I think this time, in fact, last summer, you had a lot of local reporters, you know, who were obviously talking to coaches behind the scenes saying coaches really thought that Khalil Herbert was a better fit for their offense than David Montgomery. So uh, something worth remembering. Miles Sanders thinks he's a fantastic fit for the Carolina offense. Thinks he will see heavier usage as a receiving asset. You feeling that or fuck? I'm totally feeling it because I think Bryce Young's going to have to check down a fair bit um, as a rookie quarterback. And I think that he's wise enough to do so. Um, Sanders has been able to po put together some good receiving seasons, even though last year wasn't one of them, I don't believe. Um, but he is someone that is capable as a leak 
receiver, a guy that you know works out into the flats and out to the boundary and and makes those check down catches. Um, so I expect yeah. that. I think Chuba Hubbard certainly could cut into that a little bit if you really wanted him to. But I think the the best receiving back outside of Sanders on this roster is probably um, Raheem Blackshear. And he might get his job threatened by the rookie Tyon Evans who got cut by the Rams and added to the Panthers roster. And Tyon Evans can run. So if the Rams cut him, that's another indication that they're probably not looking at Dalvin Cook. I would say Miles Sanders, if you go back to his rookie season in Philadelphia when they had a run of injuries, a run of front of injuries, was uh, wound up being the playmaking receiver that nobody knew he could be. He had 50 catches that year uh, on 63 targets. So he caught a good portion of the passes thrown his way. Uh, I want to say he had a 45-yarder at one point. I mean, looked like a true playmaking threat uh, in that role, and I was surprised that the Eagles didn't continue using him more in that way. seems like they just don't target their uh, running backs uh, the way some other teams do, and I'm with you. I, I feel this totally. J.K. Dobbins. Is it finally time? Are we feeling J.K. Dobbins' rise to prominence in 2023? Fuck that. I am feeling J.K. Dobbins until there is clear evidence that the wheels fall off. I'm. I was there. I was there pre-draft, and I'm not changing it. That's how I. I think he was as talented as Jonathan Taylor, um, just a different style of player. And that second surgery, the cleanup surgery that he had last year midseason when he came back, you could see the explosion in his game. And now, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to have an offense with Todd Munkin. It's going to spread the field more often. And that means that you probably want a, a, a player who's going to operate well in space. And J.K. Dobbins can do that for you as a receiver and as a runner. He's got yeah. great burst. So if defenses decide they're not going to play heavy because they have to account for all the weapons outside, Dobbins is going to have some massive lanes to be able to run through. It's going to be, and I think that emergence is there. And he can still play small ball where they get compressed, you know, they compress the field and play power. Thinking of the kind of uh, production we saw from him in a new, lesser role as a rookie, I think uh, in a larger role here is kind of the hope for outcome. I'm seeing J.K. Dobbins currently running back 23 in those best ball 10s I was talking about. Miles Sanders, by the way, running back 24. I think some value to be had there in both cases. I'm feeling that because I am a cheap SOB. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's look at, okay, so we haven't hit DeAndre Hopkins yet. Let's run through that. He's visiting the Tennessee Titans today. Fuck that, right? <laughs> You'd like to say that, that's for sure, but they could use him. They definitely could use him, and if you felt it's hard to feel great about their quarterback situation, um, but Ryan Tannehill is competent when healthy. So um, I'm feeling that as if everything else falls through. I think that's what Hopkins is looking at, is that like, if everything else falls through, I can go with them because they might make the playoffs. They're the type of team that could do, still do that. You got a strong ground game. You got a good coach. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, you know, we're going to just kind of pass up on the Chiefs or Bills because we've got to run through that in previous episodes. You should go back and listen to those people if you have not already. It's very good stuff. Um, but we have not talked much about the possibility of the Patriots. A lot of chatter about that. Mike Reese wrote a big piece about it this week. You know, there are issues with Bill O'Brien and, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins from their time together in Texas or Houston. And uh, so Bill O'Brien back as the offensive coordinator. Also, though, 
the Patriots have an offensive coordinator that portends maybe some offense happening. We'll talk about that a little more with Mac Jones here. Are uh, you feeling the Patriots as a possible destination? Not really, because it just seems, uh, you know, I think that history is probably going to be a, a sticking factor there. Um, and I just don't think, uh, you know, Mac Jones could do a nice job of being able to find DeAndre Hopkins, but I think with Juju Smith-Schuster in tow, Hopkins ideally would be a guy that you'd want playing more often on the inside. And I think that they've got the players already in that depth chart kind of covering that. I mean, they've got Smith-Schuster right now. Eventually, you're probably <laughs> going to have a guy like Kayshawn Booty have an opportunity to maybe to fill in from there. They have a lot. They've basically got Tyquan Thornton as a speedster. We know what Devontae Parker is, and it's not anything that exciting anymore. Um, so Hopkins, to me, I... I'm. I would say it's less than a fifty-fifty shot that he gets into there. All right. So Tennessee, bleh. Patriots. That's me. Patriots, black you. So, and we're leaving the Chiefs and Bills out of this discussion. So the only correct answer then is my answer: the Browns. Yes. Yeah, that was our answer last week, and I think that I think we will we'll stick to it. I think right. that, you know. All right, sure. so let's go, ahead, uh, and we'll find out what, what happens. I, I think both Cook and Hopkins, this may be a little longer processes uh, than we'd like because of the money they both want to get paid, the maximum amount, and, you know, time will be on their side, maybe more so in that than, than not. Or maybe not on their side, but it's certainly not working in their direction now where they already signed something or been on the teams they were contractually obligated to who no longer want to pay them. So there's that. So related note to, to some, of the, some of all what we just talked about, Michael Wilson told uh, Jess Root of the USA Today he's a steal of the draft in Arizona. Do you agree? Yes, I absolutely agree. Back in November, I watched this kid, and I thought, wow, he's the top-ranked receiver on my board right now. Now, I hadn't watched a lot of guys yet that, I, you know, that, I, that were going to be above him, but there weren't that many, and I still think he's the best route runner of this draft class. And... <clears throat> Again, the only thing, the only issues with him are, you know, the re, the injuries that he had that kept him off the field, the foot injuries, and that his hands aren't quite Michael Thomas-like. If they were Michael Thomas-like, he would be a spitting image of that kid. Um, he's He could be that good. Um, it's just a matter of how quickly he can short up. What I do know is that he's smart. He's smart about how he works. Um, he practices his craft, and the things that he does where he drops the football tend to be due to um, flaws that he's trying to shore up. So I would definitely invest in Michael Wilson, especially in rookie drafts. I've tried to do that um, a fair bit this year in the rookie drafts that I'm in, though I've only gotten him once, but that's because I guess RSP subscribers that compete with me have gotten have beaten me to the punch a little bit. It happens. Uh, I'm one of those. And by the way, if you're not subscribed to the RSP, I recommend you do that. Go to mattwalvin.com right now and hit the buy button. It's prominent on the website, I can assure you, because I buy it every year. So should you. All right. You, so uh, what, what, <laughs> I'm such a shameless shill. <laughs> All right. So Mac Jones rebound. We were talking about the Patriots. I mentioned Bill O'Brien back. The offensive coordinators last year did not exist. They were defensive coordinators and special teams coaches named Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, respectively, and they did a lousy job. Can Mac Jones turn things around? 
I think he can. Um, and I think that with uh, Bill O'Brien, you've got a coach, you know, you've got a, an offensive coordinator and a head coach. We're going to be in lockstep. So I think what you'll find here is is probably, in addition to having a, a veteran in Juju Smith-Schuster, um, I think that this team has a chance to turn it around. Matt Jones is, I don't think, is ever going to be a superstar quarterback in the NFL, um, but I do think that he can be a top 15 quarterback for fantasy, and I think you're going to find mm -hmm. him to be a worthwhile bargain to use in a committee approach. Is Baker Mayfield going to be out Kyle Trask? Feeling that or fuck that? It's going to be Kyle Trask all the way. No, I'm feeling Baker Mayfield over Trask. I'm just feeling the idea that Trask will play probably two or three games at some point, and then um, neither of these guys will be on the team um, in 2024. According to one Michael Thomas in New Orleans, uh, Derek Carr is amazing and has been amazing in workouts. By the way, good news, uh, bearing the lead here, Michael Thomas is actually practicing. Uh, we all have high hopes for that, but it's not 2019 Michael Thomas anyway. Just don't think so. But Derek, Derek Carr, are you feeling him as a quarterback one this season in New Orleans? I'm feeling that possibility. I'm going to be doing a piece. I'm doing my first gut check of the season at footballguys.com mm -hmm. on Rashid Shahid and the idea that he could be the key to the Saints being um, one of the better passing offenses in the league this year. Now, there's a lot of things that need to happen for that to be the case. And that's, you know, Michael Thomas staying healthy. It means Foster Moreau is going to have to probably step up or Jawan Johnson, that the tight end is solidified there. And most importantly, the offensive line. Obviously, that offensive line has not been good, but it's also been massively banged up last year. And when this team, and there's key, there's good talent on that offensive line if it can stay healthy. And so I think if this offensive line stays healthy, Derek Carr could very well have three strong receivers to work with and two good tight ends. And even if Kamara isn't a factor, and I think he will be for at least half the year, Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller are good enough to hold down this backfield with a good offensive line. So I'd say, yeah, I mean, based on where you can get Derek Carr, I'd take the shot on him as one of your committee guys because you may end up using him every week. Yeah, there you go. I'll buy into that. So how about Lamar Jackson as a top three quarterback? You mentioned Todd Munkin. You talked about J.K. Dobbins' rise. Does he have the receiving firepower to get this done? Yes, absolutely. I think that um, Zay Flowers could Zay Flowers and Jackson Smith and Jeeg are going to be the top two productive receivers as rookies this year. Um, and I believe that as if Odell Beckham Jr. can just provide, you know, if he can stay healthy enough to provide eight hundred to nine hundred yards, if he's in that, let's even say seven hundred to nine hundred yard range. Um, and Bateman, you know, him, Bateman, and Flowers, along with the tight ends that they have. I mean, don't even, not not even just about Likely and Andrews. Charlie Kolar was the better tight end in this group than Isaiah Likely. And he's looking good in camp right now. So this team has a <clears throat> rich collection of offensive weapons. And I think that I'm not doubting Lamar Jackson I haven't doubted Lamar Jackson, and I'm not doubting him now because everyone, whenever they doubt what he can do, he tends to show them otherwise. Um, 
And I think that spreading the field, him getting to play in an offense like this, he could wind up being a 4,000-yard thrower and a 1,000-yard runner. Fair enough. So I, and I, I, guess I, I guess I could buy into that. Uh, I'm not against that. I would like to see that be the outcome. I'd like to see this be the outcome, too. Tyreek Hill, feeling him as a 2,000-yard receiver this year. No. Come I'm on. Not, no. No. Come on, I, it's only 170.6 yards per game. Yeah, that's all. But he had 100.6 you know, last year. Yeah, how many did Jalen Waddle have? That's what I want to know because Jalen Waddle's going to eat into that, you know, a fair bit. And then Buzz. I know, yeah, I know. Matt I know. Waldman and his Buzz crumble, crumble again. Looks like a lawyer from a bad lawyer show. I know, but you know, all we need is a trash can and green paint, Oscar. So you, you know, for you over there, <laughs> but. Um, you go good with the lid on, you, you know, on that dome, right? You know, well, let's bring out dome. the buckets of Crisco nickname and suss that out right now. That's right. We got to figure that out. But no, seriously, I think that um, with the state of this offense, certainly Tyreek Hill could have maybe a 1,400, 1,500 yard season um, because they're lacking Jacecki. Jerome Smythe isn't really going to get that done for them. Croft is an interesting player as a journeyman who can catch the ball and smooth receiver. And, of course, there's Higgins out there. But, in, you know, even then, if those guys don't work out, maybe Chosen Anderson, you know, otherwise known as Robbie, um, might be able to have one more year as a slot guy. If he doesn't, Eric Azukanma is an interesting option. So, you know, you put all that together, I just don't think... And I also think that teams figured out last year, here's certain looks that we can we can try and keep um, Tua Tonga-Vailoa from accessing Tyree Kill in the middle of the field. And yes, maybe Mike McDaniels will have a counter, but I don't think he's going to have too many counters with this. I think at the end of the day, it's on Tua, and I don't think he might have the arm to be able to, to beat the defenses the way they tested him last year and stopped some of that production. So yeah, Tyree Kill to me, fifteen hundred yard season is his is ceiling. I'm taking the two thousand, feeling it totally. I always take the over though. I should uh, acknowledge this to everybody. I don't care what it is. The under is never good. That uh, under is never a winner. And if you want to feel more of this fuckery, we do it every Monday. Uh, so <laughs> including <laughs> most of the fuckery belongs to me. But uh, except when Matt Waldman goes away on vacation, I don't know. Is that next week or what? Yeah, that's next week. So fuck right. that. Fuck feel it or fuck it next right, week. Have a nice but fucking vacation. I'll no, see you I appreciate when you get it. Back. Yeah, you, before Fourth of July. Bye. <laughs>